Well, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Boldness in our giving. Boldness in our ability to use the time, the talent, and the treasures that God has given to us to make an impact in the kingdom. That God says, beyond a shadow of a doubt, make an impact. Make an impact on those lives that you directly have influence on. And are you intentional about it? Definitely the prayer of righteous availeth much. But are you actively in the lives of your neighbors, reaching out a hand to them, providing for need as they have want? As they have need for daily bread? Are you there to provide? As someone is mourning, are you there to lend a shoulder, to be supportive, to pray? As the Lord so blesses you with paycheck, Upon paycheck, as he takes care of your mortgage, as he provides food for your plate, are, are you aware of all of the blessings that God has given to you, and are you giving? Christian, wake up. Christian, you, you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and yet all we seem to do, according to the national statistics, is this. We hoard. We hold on to. And that's not what God's called us to do. From the very beginning in the book of Genesis, it says that we were created in God's image, which means we are made to look like God. The psalmist writes that we were knit carefully together in our mother's womb, and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Which means that which God created is wonderful. He, he doesn't make junk. You are worth something simply because God made you, and he made something beautiful and precious. The problem is, is that we have this tendency to say, thanks God, thanks for making me, thanks for blessing me, thanks for, for everything that you do for me, God. Thanks so much. And then we hold on to it. Thanks for my house. Thanks for my food. Thanks for all of the blessings that you give to us. But, but I'm going to hold on to it. Because you've obviously given it to me. And so now it's mine. And here's the problem. Not a lick of it is ours. Not 10% of it. Not 20% of it. Not 50% of it. Not 75% of it. Not 90% of it. 100% of everything we have belongs to God. And that's where we get the term stewards. It comes from an understanding that what we have been given, God just simply says, take care of it. I'm the actual owner. I'm the actual owner of all of the things that I have created, you included. I'm, I own you. I own all the stuff. None of it belongs to you. He simply gives it to us and says, hey, be a good steward. Don't be afraid to, to use what I've given you to bring my name, honor, and glory. Don't be afraid to utilize it to, to show others the blessings of God. Time, 
Our talents, our treasures, all of these have been given by God to show his name, honor, and glory. Now, most of us struggle. There there are bills to pay. There's never seemingly enough in the bank account. There's more and extra coming in. But possibly, is is it the case that possibly what is actually happening is that we just haven't been good stewards? Is it because we view everything that God has given to us as mine, mine, mine? And isn't it like that, right? You notice how when I was saying that, I'll be honest, I just introspectively looked at myself and went, I've got my, my fist clenched. <laughs> because that's, that's really what it is, Right? The idea, if you see open hands, you realize somebody's handing out or giving. It doesn't matter what country you've ever been to. If you see somebody do this, right, and it has to do with money or it has to do with something else. I mean, is this ever a good thing in in any place that you've ever been to? Okay? And I don't just necessarily mean outside of our country. I mean, you know, we go to those those other states, you know, like Nebraska or, or, you know, you find your... You find yourself out in, in the hinterlands of, okay, of the Midwest. I mean, is this ever a good thing? No. It's not. I mean, to have an open hand, okay, that seems receiving or, or someone is willing to take you in, it seems open. And that's actually how Scripture talks about Christians. Is that they were willing to give, that they held on to nothing. Acts describes the early church as those that were willing to share everything amongst each other and to give as anyone had need. God describes blessing upon blessing to us as being poured into us so that we can pour out. The idea, again, over and over throughout Scripture is that God says, I want to bless you in order to be a blessing. He tells Moses this, Abraham this, he tells the prophets this, what I've given you, now turn and release. But we do this. We hold on, we guard, we protect. I don't know how many of you have like a medium-sized to big-sized dog, okay? I like the little dogs. Not, not that I have anything against little dogs, but, but when a big dog's kind of guarding, looking out over his kingdom, I mean, there's a certain majesty that happens there. A little dog just kind of talks about it. But a big dog, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? So the big dog puffs his chest, doesn't he? And puts his, puts his paws out in front, right? surveys that's my fence that's where I do number one that's where I do number two watch this the humans will even come out and clean it up I am the master of my domain right you kind of get the picture and the dog in that backyard, in that place where he's at, he, he, he lives in such a way, this is all mine. It's for me. If you touch it, I must have it. 
If you put it out there, I must get it. If you throw it, I will retrieve it. Mine. Mine. The problem is, is that's not how God created us. As his image, as the very image of God, God created us to be Jesus with skin on. And I think the reason he talks, especially in the New Testament, about the resources that God has given to us and the way he wants us to live is because he says, do you not know my nature? Does God in your life, the image that you have of God is that he's just up on a throne? Mine. 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 It's all mine. Or is the image that you have of God more along the lines of, for you, and for you, it's for you, and, and for you, and for you. All of this, it's for you. When I make the sun rise, it's for you. And when the sun sets and I give you bronco colors, it's for you. And as the clouds came in yesterday and, 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 and rained that steady rain for about six minutes, and you smelled it. It's for you. And my word, which comes forth from my mouth, it's for you. And neighbors that take care of you and watch out over you, they're for you. And your job and the food in your pantry it's for you. Paul says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, though for your sake he became poor, so that you through your poverty might become rich. That's for you. That Jesus went willingly to the cross at Calvary, that he took your sin, it's for you. That he died, that he was in the tomb, that he was separated from God, that's for you. Do you understand what I'm getting at? The picture of how God chooses to reveal himself to us is that he's a giving God. The God who gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall never perish but have eternal life. That kind of giver. The kind of giver that expects nothing in return. The kind of giver that doesn't demand anything in response. The kind of giver that says, I love you with an everlasting love. I forgive you freely and nothing can separate you from my love. Neither height nor death, nor life or death. 
Nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He's a giver. And because we who are made in his image, (laughs) we who are made in his image are made then to be givers. That's actually our nature as he created it. And so if we're not, then we don't belong to him. If we hold on tight to every little thing that we've ever bought and ever had, then, ah, it's his. And we justify it, right? We, we do, right? Hey, I've got one motorcycle. It needs a, a brother, right? They need to go through life together, right? Because we do things together. If one's good, two's better, three's got to be all the more. And we start to live the lie, and we begin to want to be like our neighbors instead of being like God. We begin to covet what everyone else has, and what God has is eternity. He doesn't collect stuff. He made it. It's all his, and yet I don't see him fighting to try to get on the next run with the new ski. He just, he makes it, and he says, here. And we're called to enjoy it. I want you to understand, it's not wrong to have anything and enjoy the blessings that God pours out, but I want you to understand that it is poured into us so that we can pour out and be a blessing. This is what the church at Corinth is being commended for. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Not out of compulsion. You'll never hear me give a sermon. And if you think I'm saying it right now, then you're wrong, okay? I will never give a sermon that says, you better give or you're going to hell. We don't need your money. I beg to differ. There's a partially completed building out there. (laughs) You say in all your wisdom. We don't need your money. God will provide. God will take care of it. Absolutely. I completely trust him to do that. I completely trust that he will gather around a group of people who will say, you know what? It isn't mine. And I'm going to align my finances in such a way that I can be even more generous with my time, my talents, and my treasures. Because we all know that when our finances stink, then it takes a lot of time away from our neighbors. There's probably one more person we can't reach with the gospel because we're so caught up in our own debt. And God doesn't need your money. Hello? He created the world. With three words, he spoke galaxies into being. He doesn't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. I want you to be clear about this this morning. It's not that we need it. I'm convinced that God has created you to be generous, to be a giver. And some of you are just not acting the way that God has made you to be. And I don't know if it's out of fear or not trusting. Maybe it's pride. 
Barna Research, who does Christian research all over the place, says anywhere from 25 to 4% of evangelical Christians in the United States tithe. 4%? The problem isn't that there isn't enough money for us to reach the lost or, or to complete projects or to reach out and take care of the, those that are naked so they can be clothed and hungry so they can be fed and those who are on drugs so we can help release them from that. The problem isn't there isn't enough money. There's plenty of money. It's just it's in your bank account. Plenty. Christian, where's the heart? The heart. They didn't do as we expected. No, they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then to us. And maybe that's the reason we're not generous in giving is because we're, we don't even give our time to God. Well, it's so busy today. God, tell you what, I'm going to carve out 15 minutes just for you. <laughs> that's right, I'm going to read Portals of Prayer. I've got another little devotion book. I'm even going to read from the book of Job. Let me just carve out a little time for you, God. And we wonder, how come? Well, I just don't know if God's got direction for me in life. Well, have you been reading his word? Well, what does it have to say? Oh, I, I don't know. Try Proverbs. Try the book of Psalms. Try any book of the Bible where God gives and gives and gives and gives. And you'll get a picture of what our life can look like, should look like, it should be like, is that we're giving and out of abundance and out of a heart that first gives to God and then to our fellow man. <laughs> Bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. You understand that being a generous giver is about being gracious. Your neighbor needs time with you. They do. One of uh, three neighbor ladies, they're all single ladies. I've kind of shared this. The, the one to our right, as we're facing away from our house, is gone. I, I didn't know she was leaving, but the lady across the street comes over at 6 a.m., takes care of the dog. She's got her own dogs. Comes over at 6 a.m., takes care of the dog, takes them for a walk, takes care of them, walks back over. Morning, Dave. Hi. I marvel that she has time even when the neighbor isn't there. She has time for the neighbor. And the abilities that you have, some of you, you are so kind and caring and generous. Do you understand that in a church that, that has a ton of ministry opportunities, not just here, but, but outside in our community, we should never have a problem with getting volunteers because our members should be going, yep, God's a giver, I'm a giver. They just go hand in hand. And you've, you've been living it out. You know, for the first three months of this fiscal year that we keep track of, of our giving, of donations, we are $2,000 a week over 
what we need, and yet there are still emails, phone calls, and conversations of, well, we are just so in debt. I just, I don't know where the money's going to come from. God! No, we're not being irresponsible with an extra $2,000 a week. I'm just saying, do we not see the hand of God in providing for us above and beyond? I sent a letter out to you just simply stating, hey, we need the, the last $130,000 to come in. In six weeks' time, you've already been generously given $45,000 of that. Do I have a face that looks worried? Do you think that I'm worried whether or not we'll be able to pay the mortgage? Do you know what I worry about? Parking. That's what keeps me up at night. Not how we're going to pay for it. Are you kidding me? I had an offhand conversation yesterday. I did. I said, well, I'm going to need to bring some gravel in. I figured out a way. I've looked around. Even the, arch the, the, the construction companies, like, were you an architect before you were a pastor? Because I'm drawing on pictures. I've got all stuff all over the place, okay? And I said, I can come up with 78 more spots. It's going to cost about, I don't know, $40 for a you know, tire stop so people know this is a parking spot. And, you know, and there's gravel out, and i got to level it, and i got to do all this. And I just mentioned it. I, was, I had some angst as I was sharing my plan, right, for parking. And the guy goes, no. Nah. No, nah. we'll take care of it. There's another way. Don't worry. And I go, yeah, you're right. You're right. There's nothing to worry about. And when I see a program exploding, and I go, gosh, where are we going to get the musicians and the singers? <laughs> I don't know. God will provide? So here's my encouragement to you. I don't know what God's got going on in your life. I don't know if there's the struggle and the challenge of finances. Will you do me a favor and just remember something? God made you to be a giver. And as you pour out, he pours into you. My challenge to you today is to trust him. Simply trust him. For the God that has loved you so much has given you so much. In the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Friends, be Jesus with skin on. Amen. And now may this word of the Lord truly strengthen your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until his return to take us all home. Amen.